Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm joined here today with Supriya. How are you doing? Yo, everyone. Hope you're all good. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Excited to, you know, give all the listeners, you know, a little talk of what's been happening. Can I just say, first of all, because I've listened to a few of your interviews before this, and the way that you just constantly keep that energy up is just it's very admirable i know like i wouldn't be like that all the time so props to you for that no i appreciate i appreciate that you know what all my music and just for me as a person we're always on that lit hype energy and i follow up with the music that i put out as well it's very empowering it's very you know i want to be like positive because it is positive but like you know it's just you know gets you feeling in a different way so yeah man let's get straight into it then so Tell us a bit about you for the people out there that might not know. Who yeah. is Supriya? So, if you don't really know, get to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Supriya. I'm currently 18. Even though you might think I'm young, I'm a young boss in this industry. Um, so, yeah, I'm, people might know me from when I shut it down in like 2018. I was 15 at the time. I pulled up when the arena with X Factor finalists called um, The Road Trips. They were all big at the time, like whatever. We just pop in doing the madness. And then, yeah, I started releasing from 2018. I have all my releases up on, like, you know, platforms like PM10, Link Up TV, and obviously other platforms and stuff. And yeah, I've moved from like pop R&B to, yeah, I've expanded into drill now. I think something people didn't know about me is that I've also got the hardest bars along with, you know, really like tuneful and just sweet vocals. So yeah, that will definitely ch- um, channel my drill side. And yeah, everyone's rating it. And yeah, hopefully you guys do too. Mm-hmm. People will also know me from, I also work with Seabiz and Ambush. So um, I was in the last music video and I'm we're under the same manager where we have like, the same similar team and everything. So yeah, that was sick. And Seabiz actually like, we first, I first met them all when they came out to watch me at my um, sold out headline show at East London at LA Lounge. So yeah, we shut that down and obviously I met all them people. And yeah, we've just been constantly elevating from there. Um, I have released that, I've got billboard attention that I had like billboards like everywhere. So that was good to see, like obviously from my perspective, just to see everything just popping off and kicking off as it should. <laughs> and um, also for you guys just to, you know, get used to seeing my face around and get used to the badly lit vibes we're on. So that was that was a lot to take in. So rewinding first of all, because I didn't want to interrupt you, but eighteen. I, I did I did I heard you say that on one of your interviews before and I was like, nah, surely she's joking. I was seventeen in that interview that you were you're you're talking about. I was seventeen in another interview. So like I said, I've been active, I've been very active. Yeah, because honestly, like both in terms of your appearance and in terms of the way that you deliver your music as well. Like, I would not have assumed you were eighteen, like it's making me sound really old now but like you know 18 seems like a mile away to me now so for you to be at this stage at the age of 18 like only just an official adult like no (laughs) i know to have all that under your belt as well like seabiz and them like so how have you actually managed that have you just been like grinding from day dot then yeah, so I, I know, I've, I've always, I do know actually, <laughs> of course I know. <laughs> I just say that focus, I feel like I know where I want to take my music. I know that I definitely want to go internationally this year. Obviously, I love the UK to bits, but I know that I've got so much more potential and I've got like other, like more commercial stuff that I know will pop up and do a madness in the US. And obviously, 
everywhere else in the world and just have as many people as possible tuned into what you know I'm doing and just enjoying the vibes and putting out but yeah literally just being like honestly I've sacrificed so much <laughs> I feel like that's what you've got to do this to get to where you want to be I feel like obviously at the minute if we're talking about like personal life you know I'm currently at sixth form I started dropping when I was in year 11 yeah so it's just been like obviously when you're like juggling all of that because I still want to get my A-level then I'm doing a madness you know in the industry so I feel like you just got to do what you've got to do and it's all a journey at the end of the day and you just got to yeah grind work hard and just don't let any distractions get in the way we've got to stay focused <laughs> Nah, that just makes it even more admirable like I thought you would have at least that like, left school the fact that you're still in sixth form like <laughs> let's get on to your like your new single in a bit but you started off a bit more of an R&B singing vibe and that's how I actually first came across you as your um, DJ Limelight Fresh Wave session and obviously that was a lot more like vocal so what was the major thing okay I want to venture more into the um, dropping bars that sort of thing as well as singing I think you know what so much I feel like I've always had it in me (laughs) but I feel like I might have been maybe a bit like not afraid but just a bit cautious she got to say like but i just want to just go mad this year and i feel like when i was singing i was singing with like i don't know i had a lot of attitudes the sort of attitude you have on drill you know like wasn't you know i don't really portray these sweet girl vibes i can be sweet don't get me wrong guys i can be sweet <laughs> i know there's a few guys tuned in right now listen <laughs> 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 but um no i just wanted like i, I usually live on my tracks of like power you know um so yeah i think i was in a few sessions like tons of rappers um i linked up with a couple other people like um chucks who produces for dutch and and a few other people that song write for mabel um jason gerudo and a few others i think there was one session i was just like i don't know i just started like you know, doing my own bars or whatever, and I, you know, I felt a different feeling. I felt yes, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, like expand. I thought, yeah, you got to do what's right for you, and follow your intuition and see. Because like with artists as well, like people upcoming and everything, you know, you got to let yourself like guide the way. Do you get it? Um, don't force into something you know you're not going to do well in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? At the end, I'm not putting music out for the sake of putting music out. You know, I'm putting music out to blow and get my music pushed out internationally and, you know, be sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I just kept on improving, improving. And even, like, Seabiz is, like, one of his managers and a few other managers, they were like, um, you know, oh, you need to, like, you know, rap in these sections, like, do that. They kind of gave guidance, you get what I'm say. And I also linked up with um, RDs and Dino's manager. They recently signed this new guy, Hazy. You know, Pax and Potion? That's uh, like, Liverpool right? one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Their manager, and he was to say that like, do drill. So it was sick to get their guidance, and obviously, you know, yes, yeah, so I'm on my upcoming releases. I'm actually working, you know, with um, that manager and a few other people. So yeah, we're doing well, man. We're gonna keep on stepping up and just doing the malice in this game. Sure. So do you reckon now that you've done drill once, that's what you're sticking with for now, like that drill singing, but also rapping at the same time, sort of vibe? Yeah, well, you're gonna have to wait and see, mm. like. I'm not going to rule anything if you guys, you know, really want to see what's going on behind the scenes and on site. Make sure you go follow me everywhere. It's Supriya, mm-hmm. S-U-P-R-I-Y-A on all platforms. And yeah, we're always active. But yeah, like definitely, I think, you know, Drill is trending right now. Um, 
Obviously, who knows where it could take us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where it will take me, but I mean, in terms of the drill time, how long it will last, like, mm. you know, that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, but, the, you know, the singing is still going to be there. I'm not, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It will be good to expand later on as well with the singing. And yeah, I think that's, yeah. you know, catchy choruses for people to just get lit to in the club or wherever they're at festivals is something that will always be in my music yeah and it is it's refreshing as well like for example your latest single no lie the singing like delivering the melodic bars rather than purely speaking it it's a nice touch to it and it makes it a bit different from everything else that's out there at the moment mm. um, and you're right it is catchy like i've literally had like like say the chorus in my head the past few days like just going around and around yeah for it to have that effect it must be like good so let's talk a bit about it then your new single no lie how did that come about what was the process like of actually bringing that to life yeah, I feel like for this track, it had the, one of the maddest processes of my life. Out of all my releases, this one went through a longer process, definitely. I think it was just timing. Honestly, if I'm being honest, it was just timing. I really wanted to put it out at the right time. I didn't want to put it too early or too late. And um, I wasn't too sure whether I wanted to go full rapping that draw on it either. So um, that's where obviously I had a bit of guidance from CBiz management. And I think like at first, like, I had the beat, the beat was sick, whatever. I had just dropped my R and Jewel track. Let me know. That's that music video of Let Me Know is a movie, by the way. So actually, go check that out. And we had did a remix of that as well um, with a guy called Ace Nova who's trending on I'm Despay. I know a few of you will probably have heard of him. So that's out. Link up TV. Go check that out. And <laughs> got Billboard attention as one of my biggest tracks of last year. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're really good at plugging yourself, by the way. Like I'm noticing it's like, oh, follow me here. Go check out this video. You but you you got to do it. I don't want people to miss out. I I need people just to like have access to everything just you know like you know I'm plucking people on the best (laughs) back yourself yeah 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 so um yeah so no lie yeah so um I had like the chorus the chorus took a while I can't lie it was just we had to switch around a couple few bits and pieces and everything we're just constantly seeing which sounds best and which sounds like a hit because they're putting out hits and everything. And then when it came to the music video, I wanted a one take music video. I thought I wanted to strip out all the people, strip out all the extras and all the lighting, and just have me authentically, you know, comfortable in myself, comfortable in the track. Um, and obviously, yeah, even though I was, you know, going for the whole like that vibe, it's out of my comfort zone. Do you get it? It was a whole one take music video, all in one take, by the way. So with the flame from it. And I thought you guys just get to see what I'm really on and just my authentic vibes and everything. So yeah. yeah. You know what it reminded me of? Um, you know, the weekend, the hills video, where he's like in the car and he walks away from it all in one take. It was sort of like them kind of vibes. Like honestly, yeah, I what you you don't you don't see that many one take videos, so like props to you obviously for like going for that and actually delivering. And I feel like yeah, it was it was simplistic, but it went well, like it just worked and it's doing good numbers and everything and it's just gonna yeah keep doing madness and i think obviously it was more like a transition i want i don't want it i've got other upcoming like mad big jewel tracks on the way that i've been working on like they're just insane but i think it would have been too early to put that out i feel like chatting to me and my team or whatever you know it was just good to have people just you know 
see the transition a little bit so it's not a shock to people and i feel like they appreciate it more that way as well and you've mentioned it but let, let's talk a bit more about it the flamethrower because yeah. that for me was the main obviously you were the main star of the video but that was definitely a close second the flamethrower like i was just like whoa like so do you I didn't even know stuff like that exists, like, if I'm being honest, like, so what, was that actually how it's in the video? You were literally there, like, th oh, literally yeah. throwing flames. Yeah, fire right in my face. Yeah, <laughs> everything was real. <laughs> but, you know, it, it really is, like, as you see it, you know? But now, like, it was definitely, if your bars weren't already intimidating enough, the flamethrower was definitely <laughs> getting across the message, like... You know, yeah. one spoke in the industry and the whole message behind no lie is just to you know that i'm not the artist to be slept on i really am not mm -hmm. <laughs> and i feel like yeah it's just the empowerment vibes it gives and hopefully people get motivated when they hear the track they're like mm, yeah you know what on a madness you know what i'm trying to say so yeah for sure so obviously you've like I say it's received in positive praise so far specifically as well obviously from um, Asian stations as well obviously we're supporting you I've seen BBC Asian Network is supporting you how do yeah. you find it obviously as an Asian artist doing a genre that isn't necessarily associated with Asian people too much like do you find sometimes people um, are a bit like oh why is this brown girl doing this sort of thing like oh, and if so yeah. how, how do you kind of counteract well, that? about that is that's a whole bunch of rubbish i'm gonna just say it as it is um so yeah i feel like with the whole like i think we want to call it stereotypes mm. i we need to start obviously like seeing i'll do like more interviews and stuff about that sort of stuff and when i have a bigger even bigger platform i will speak about that because i feel strongly about it. i feel like you know you shouldn't judge i said oh you're asian you shouldn't be doing this or oh, you're white you're black you shouldn't be doing that like what is going on i feel like you know we should start judging people on their individuality as individual people and their talent and their work rate and grinds do you get what i'm trying to say and i feel like yeah you know i feel like also to answer your question like more specifically you know like my whole background is like very like westernized do you get what i'm trying to say and i feel like, you know it's all about having a purpose if you know your purpose go fulfill it do you get what i'm trying to say so um yeah i don't i don't to be honest i don't really listen to any of that rubbish i feel like that's a whole i know a lot of on radio <laughs> but that's yeah that's a bit mad to hear that obviously um mm. you know all asians can't rap or do drill or something like at the end of the day i'm you know we all come from somewhere like yeah <laughs> that's got nothing to do with music at all like my skin color my background and my career they're completely separate and i feel like if you're just putting two and two together kind of with your own conclusion you're an idiot mm. <laughs> like i feel like yeah people yeah whatever they just say whatever yeah no because obviously you get people calling out or not calling out but judging um asian male rappers when they do drill saying oh why are they doing this so for you to come along as a, a female artist a female brown artist and do it and like to have this kind of attitude that you're putting across right now like obviously keep doing what you're doing because like you've got you've got to be that trailblazer and let the people after like let the people after you be able to actually do it without worrying about what people are thinking and that sort of stuff yeah 100 percent. like it's 2022 that times have changed if you still got that mindset then 
I can't lie. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you say? Um, but yeah, no, literally, like, whatever your background, just do what you want to do, man. Like, it's not a case of, like, making anyone else proud or whatever. It's more, you, know, you can make your family proud and make yourself proud, but it's not about um, pleasing other people. Like, that will come along the way when you're working hard and you're putting in that grind, you're putting in them late nights, late night shifts, the studio, you know, just putting in all that time and passion into your music, you know, the love will come right, right back because you're putting love into what you do, regardless of skin colour or whatever. So, yeah. And yeah. I'm actually from Ireland. I know I'm classed as Asian. Um, but like if we're going back to like the roots of things, um, I'm from Fiji Islands. I'm an island girl, hmm. island, so yeah. Do you reckon like at any point in your uh, musical career you might want to incorporate bits of your roots into things or is that something that you're not particularly bothered about? Yeah, definitely. I feel like for now it's more just about making sure everything just pops off as it is, but even more. And when I've got like that stable like fan base, um, even though I've got the best fan base right now, obviously, I feel like, you know, the bigger we get when we get into like, an international level, and when I feel like it's right, I'll start, you know, um, doing what I used to do when I first used to put out music, which was to, like, combine genres together, make, like, a whole new sound that will still be, like, trending, and will still pop, so that'll be good, yeah. Sweet. So rounding things off now, obviously you've told me that you're not going to give me any exclusives, any spoilers of what to expect, but like, (laughs) tell us what we can look forward to in however much you can say. Yes, I've got a few mad clubs in the way that I'm working on behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, a project might be dropping this year. Obviously you guys, I've got, I've got so much music, so much like, yeah, mad, mad hits, obviously, that is loading. And if you guys really want it, make sure you add up on my socials. Just let me know, like, you know, feel free to just communicate, communicate the love, because I want to know what people are thinking. And yeah, and I will definitely take it over this year. I've got, I really just want to do a tour right now, like, <laughs> yeah. And um, got um, some mad, mad, like, bigger, even madder draw releases um, that have, it's going to shock a lot of people. I must say it's going to cause a definitely a different reaction. I'm definitely going to change and switch up the drill music scene, not just the drill music scene, the urban music scene in general. Um, and yeah, you guys will see that. I'm going to just say it's a lot of badness on drill. But <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> definitely looking forward to that. So just remind the people again where they can find you on socials. Yeah, so thanks to everyone who's looked in. I'm Supriya. Make sure you go follow me on um, all social media platforms. It's Supriya Official. That's S-U-P-R-I-Y-A Official everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're at, I'm probably there. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. We're going to play No Lie now. So do you want to just introduce it for us? You're looked in. I'm Supriya. And this is my new chat, No Lie. Yes infuse with confuse they are an up-and-coming tamil trio all the way from canada so make sure you keep your eyes on them welcome if you're just tuning in this is mango masala the south asian show my name is gerns i'm joined here with halima what's up guys 
And you know what? Whenever you've seen What's Up, guys, you've been being really like quiet. You need to come on, come on. What's up, guys? Yeah, that's more like it. Oh, really? Is that really what the people want to hear? It is. You know what? There's the worst thing, like tuning into radio and the person just like, Oh, I You're thought, right. you know what? Is that, is that what it sounds like? I thought I was being like calm, mysterious, enigmatic. I thought you that's what? what my vibe was. If we were doing like a late night chill show, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, but that's like... what I thought I was doing. Like, hey, what's that? You know, like smooth radio. Yeah. You know, one of them ones. I thought, but okay, it's not working. All right, this is then. 4 p.m. This is 4 p.m. Okay, on yeah. Saturday all on right, Pi Radio. Right, right, so back to my big gob. All yeah, right, back sorry, guys. big monkey union gob. There <laughs> sorry, we go. Guys, right. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm alright. You know what? It's always so annoying because we're always like, "How are you?" But we've literally had like conversations yeah, just before this. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but... Not that there's much to say anyway. I feel like January in general is just such a stagnant month. Like mm. Nothing, nothing really happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we really have. We were literally bigging up like going against Blue Monday last week, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're, I, we're over that now. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not been terrible. I've not been having a terrible time. Do you know what, actually? Here's some positivity for you guys. Mm. I read that this time next month, so sunset currently is about like half four-ish, mm. four, half four. This time next month, in a month's time, four weeks, the sunset will be half five. Mm. And then in two months from now, so the month after that, it will be at half seven. Is that before or after the clocks go back? That's when the clocks will go forwards, back. I, I don't know. Yeah, we lose the clock's move. You know what? That's annoying because obviously I like obviously it being um, late nights and the sun being out sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I hate when you lose that sleep. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I just hate mm-hmm. like I always used to love like the October one because although you're uh, yeah, or, although like obviously it's like you're mm-hmm. getting shorter days. Mm-hmm. It's at least you get a little bit more, more sleep. Mm-hmm. But this you know one. what though? I'll be honest. I'll lose a whole day if I have to to, to end this misery. <laughs> I would, right. but <clears throat> that's a bit of, like, good news. So yeah. it's literally four weeks. Let's just keep going, guys. We're nearly there, nearly there. The spring solstice, I think that's what they call it, when yeah. the day starts getting lighter. Yeah, do us a favour, just put your mic a bit more, like, speak into it. Is that all right, like, guys? As in, like, this. Is that all right? You know, like as if you talk talk to them because the face ain't listening. Okay, that, oh. that's that's good. Oh, like straight that. Straighten it up. Yes, yeah, straight into go. it. There we go. Okay, here. Hope you can hear me better now, guys. Technical issues, like I said, it's not a manga masala episode yeah. without them. One day, one day we'll do it without them. <laughs> we will, we will. But now we've had the positive news. Let's get on to a bit more of the deep and serious stuff. So we were discussing what to talk about this week, and Halima. Um, I know you've been off socials yep. for a bit, but this is something that you saw. And when I looked into it, um, I actually realised when we're going to be talking about this report, this report actually came out a year ago. Yeah. Um, so it came out a year into lockdown, mm-hmm. but it was by, is, is the organisation called the Muslim, Muslim Census? Muslim yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're an organisation, they're relatively new. And I actually, do you know what, like shout out Muslim Census, because I absolutely love what they do. They... Um, are a like research kind of group that specifically focus on British Muslims. Mm-hmm. So they they basically work to get like qualitative and quantitative data specifically from the British Muslim communities on a number of things, um, which obviously then kind of allows because the da- data is so important when you're catering to a community to have that data you can't cater to that community without having that data essentially like if we're going to governments and we're lobbying like you know the muslim community need this that and the other if the data is not there then what we're saying is easy to dismiss you know so Mm. 
Um, just just as a side note, shout out Muslim Census. I think they're sick. I love what they're doing. If you're a Muslim and you're listening, um, they've always got surveys going on and it's always, always things that to the, for the betterment of the Muslim community. So keep an eye out. Follow them on socials. Um, participate in their surveys um, whenever they release them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's as a side note. So they did release a, uh, a report on the findings of like the effects of COVID-19 on the Muslim community, and I did want to I did want to talk a little bit about that, um, just because obviously it's been how long has it been now? Two and a half years, two years. Two years, because that's the thing. So the report came out in April 2021, and yeah. that was a year in, and that for me was a bit of a um, whoa moment because I was like, wait, oh yeah, the pandemic started like March 2020. I was like, wow, we're coming up to the two year mark oh, now. Wow, we're coming up to two years. Like, it is mad because I remember it was like. Well, it was around like the beginning of 2020 that it all kicked off, wasn't it? And then around this time, later. two years ago, we were hearing coronavirus. Yeah. And we, we I remember that time it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just like it's like bird flu or whatever. It's just like, yeah, now. You just don't think it has. You hear these things and you don't really think they have the capacity to, I mean, become a global pandemic the way. I mean, it's the first one in our, in our lifetime. Yeah. Obviously, I doubt. I think even the people that were alive during the time of the Spanish influenza will have been like literally being born at that time. I don't yeah, think there's anyone yeah, alive yeah. who can who remember. Lived, yeah, exactly, who actually lived had their lives altered by it. That's true. Yeah. Um. So coming up. So yeah, I thought I thought like it's an interesting thing to share again. Like coming up to nearly to the two years, um, and also just with kind of the thing with COVID is I don't know. I feel like like about six months ago I did think it it was like more or less going. Really, I feel more that way now. I th- I oh, feel really? yeah, I feel that way now. Um, what with that Omicron? Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like again, this is us talking as non-medical, yeah. non-political. <laughs> this is just our personal Opinion. view. Yeah, view of like the situation. Um, I feel like presently, I've never felt more optimistic about the pandemic i think and this might be just because i did see a bbc article the other day which was like are we in the endemic but i think the fact that we've had omicron and it from what i have seen it has it's been really easily spread so many people had to like um um, sacrifice the christmas time for that but it has not had the same lethal effect as before and that makes me kind of think we're moving more towards this time of us um living with covid rather than living avoiding it in that's, a sense. yeah that's true i never thought of it like that like just like the flu you know what i actually deep so i, I had i've spoken spoke about it on the show before that i've had covid last month in december mm. and it was the third year in a row that i got covid covid in december and like luckily this this year so i'm, I'm guessing i had the omicron i had omicron this time around it was the least harsh mm. like that I've had it. But the fact that I've had it three years in December in a row, I feel like it is just like seasonal flu. You yeah. Know? So I get what you're saying about moving forward where we just live. Yeah. It. It's so bizarre to think about. Like, yeah. It's just and this isn't normal. this isn't us like belittling or um, think anyone who's been severely affected by it's COVID. Still fatal, of yeah. It's just obviously flu kills people, and again, this isn't us saying, "Oh, it's just the same as flu." So why are we having all these precautions? What we're saying is now we're in the situation where we're theorizing that it could end up, it could end up being something different to what it has been essentially. Yeah, yeah. and in all honesty, like 
again this doesn't what i'm saying doesn't have any political bearing um but i feel at this point we are kind of we do have to think about living with it rather than risking everything i mean that's that's what we saw over christmas i think that's why we didn't have a proper lockdown was because i think even before all this recent government stuff i think people i think they knew that they probably couldn't ask people to do what they did in christmas 2020 because it's just too much like you have to i don't know if the sorry go on no no go for it i I don't know if like the acceptance of it now is because is is like uh is a um a kind of measured acceptance and understand like what we've just spoken about or i do wonder whether it's still like a, a it's still kind of what it was when the pandemic broke out but we're just ready to accept it now because we just have fatigue we just got mm. pandemic fatigue, but I guess it's them ones in it where yeah. we're actually just not going to know. Well, I did see the um, Welsh Labour leader has yeah. come out af- after we had our announcement earlier this week that we're going to drop mask wearing yeah. and um, all of that. Um, when's, that, when's that in effect from the end of the month? I have a feeling, I have a feeling that it's at different points. I think oh, that okay. kids uh, don't have to wear masks in school as of this week but i have a feeling the 26th is coming to my mind don't right. quote me on that but okay. it's definitely some point in the forthcoming week mm-hmm. but um the welsh labour leader came forward and said that the uk government is acting ignoring science when they're doing that which obviously each to their own you you go and look at the statistics the science make your own decision but it's interesting that the welsh labour leader is saying that and he he is being cautious still like it makes me wonder well what there is a little bit inside of me is that maybe i'm maybe i'm thinking oh yeah we're coming out of it now because i just i'm just trying to be positive i'm just trying to like be like surely it's hard to know isn't it? it's hard to know whether it is an actual like i said a measured acceptance that okay this is just what the new normal is and we just live in a in a in a covid world Mm. or is it like i just want to believe this because i'm so fed up yeah Again, we don't know. And do you know what the thing is? Is that there's no... I don't know if there's any inevitable answer. I think the answer will be what our leaders... The, the world that our leaders create. Yeah, as with everything, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's inevitable that COVID will stay or if it will stay because of the material actions of our leaders, you know? So, again, we, I guess we just have to see. But anyways, that we digressed. Um, the point mm. was to talk about... Um, how how the I, I think we've had an episode before where we spoke about how it kind of code affects uh the bme community mm-hmm. <clears throat> and naturally anyone who kind of is aware of that kind of uh, uh discourse is aware of the fact that it does disprop- it, it has disproportionately affected um eth- like ethnic minority households and things like that i do have some fig- figures though like specifically for um for for the muslim community so Mm. muslims have so this is all during the pandemic right so muslims have lost their jobs at a rate six times greater than the rest of the uk i'm just going to list them all by the way sure go for it um so almost one in five muslims fell into poverty as a result of the pandemic um 38 of muslims say that the covid covid19 has negatively impacted their job satisfaction um 70% of young muslims say the pandemic has negatively impacted their mental health um 6 out of 10 muslims say that the lockdown has helped them to get closer to their faith 
that's interesting um and we've got 73 percent of muslims experience a difficult grieving experience due to limited support um and we've got another figure which is that 38 percent of british muslims experience the loss of a loved one with the bangladeshi community being the hardest hit at 43 percent so these are obviously like compared with the national averages again disproportionately higher yeah um now if we're gonna have a conversation about why this might be the case or how how it affects like muslim communities first and foremost we have to understand that uh islam is kind of like is is largely racialized right like you could kind of it is um obviously anyone can be muslims but it's not gonna if we're talking about muslims it's not so actually in the methodology of this report if you look at it they're so like you know we didn't have any uh white any, any like white respondents um so if we're talking about the muslim community where we are talking almost exclusively about ethnic minorities um south asians africans middle easterns like that is that is who we're talking about so again it honestly just kind of circles back to that conversation about the bme community and and why we are so disproportionately affected Mm. um and a lot of it is just to do with i think the pandemic in a way has been mm, i don't understand personally how the pandemic hasn't radicalized a lot of people or like more people than it has um, when you say people, do you mean BAME individuals or everyone? Just everyone. Just everyone, mm-hmm. because I feel like there was such a, a, a veneer of, like, stability and, like, civility in this country, right, that everyone was, everything was just barely functioning. And and things that, that, you know, there are a lot of truths that were hidden under the surface that were being ignored on the daily because the, the country was just functioning. Barely mm-hmm. functioning, but just fun- functioning, functioning enough to not face um it's like shortcomings yeah and now the pandemic has happened and it's exposed like it's, it's exploded that veneer of civility and it's and it's exposed a number of like you know shortcomings statutory shortcomings in fact um to the point where it's now you can literally measure it in numbers how has this pandemic affect like disproportionately affected certain people mm. um so i know in terms of like obviously as a bangladeshi i know bangladeshis are amongst some of the hardest hit because we are the poorest ethnic group um in the country um we tend to have a kind of like multi-generational um households because we don't have that kind of generational wealth to be able to for each generation and each household to be able to have their own house um so oftentimes like families share households they share homes um we tend to have like more precarious jobs um, that are more easily lost as we've seen like with with um the statistics from the report um and I, obviously when you kind of put all of that together you understand okay it makes sense why covid is disproportionately affecting certain mm. communities more than others yeah i think a lot of people when you say i think they immediately when you start talking about this they're immediately like oh well it's a disease diseases can't be racist and we're not we're not saying that a disease itself is racist we're just saying that this disease this pandemic Mm -hmm. is disproportionately affecting people from different communities as a result of um structures that are already in place right right, it's not that hard to wrap your head around when yeah it's like you know what there was this study in america um and it was about hurricane katrina so hurricane katrina it was new orleans oh i made that up 
New Orleans, what, Louisiana. I don't know that um, bottom of the um, east yeah, east coast. Where, like, yeah, I'm so sorry. That oh, I think it was, was it um, wasn't gone. it Carolina? I think it was, was south. It? I think it was North Carolina okay. around there. Around there. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. The place where Hurricane Katrina was. I'm sorry that I don't remember. Um, but there was this study basically, and it was in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, um, and they were basically. Are we recording? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was New Orleans. Yeah, I was right. So it was in New Orleans, and they did a study. What they did was basically that it was in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, where they um, asked, they they like interrogated um, uh, white people from New Orleans and black people from New Orleans, and it was an overwhelming majority of white people had said that the hurricane had not massively impacted their lives and they said that they believed that the effects of the hurricane were basically over however the majority of black people that was interviewed they said that the hurricane had like had had substantially affected their lives and they believe that they are still suffering the consequences of the hurricane yeah and it's kind of like it's a similar thing right so like now we're we're really talking about like racial politics here. So it's a similar thing. You have the pandemic, you have a disease, and you have a hurricane. These things on the surface seem indiscriminate. How does a hurricane say I'm gonna go and knock down the houses of black families but not of white families? How does yeah. COVID nineteen say I'm gonna go infect all the Bangladeshis but no, you know, no white, no white people? That's not how it works. It's it's the it's the it's the exposure and the expression of those things the hurricane was able to have a more negative effect and a more detrimental effect to the black community of new orleans than the white ones because the black community already had um fewer levels of like government protection yeah right so so when it when it happened they were they had um less access to like insurance they had less money and savings they had less access to like government help and resources all of these things so of course the hurricane n- impacted them more detrimentally than the white um community and it's and it's a similar th- thing here like when you look at the bangladeshi community as i said we are the the poorest ethnic group um in this country so when people say like, um, oh, we're all in the same boat, we're all going through the same pandemic, we're well, absolutely not. There are some people who can get furloughed and it does not affect them. There are some people who are already in extremely precarious jobs, they'll lose their job and they cannot provide. Yeah. And not just, they're not just providing for themselves, they're providing for the families, you yeah. know? It's like, I think we've talked before about how um, finding that the pandemic though the first lockdown mm-hmm. um in some ways was a blessing in some way it allowed you to allowed us to have time to think it allowed us to do this allowed us to do that when we're saying that you've got to remember that we're saying that from very privileged position exactly. in the fact that we were able we had enough security enough mm-hmm. um stability to yeah. be able to have a bit of a relaxing time rather than yeah. worrying 100%. about where our next meal is going to come from because we can't go out and do anything exactly even even just the conversation where we were having before where we were just kind of calm you know theorizing and contemplating and deliberating like oh do you think it's going to be like this and do you think it's going to be like that even conversations like that are us being privileged enough because we have you know touch what i'm looking i know if anything if i lose my job anything like that i know i have um you know people to lean on there are other but the majority of my community my own community Mm -hmm. i know it's not the case for them you know so even a conversation like that, even even us viewing, even the way we view the pandemic, to the fact that we can sit here and be like, oh, well, do you think we'll just live with it? You know, rather than kind of being terrified at the thought of living with it. That in itself shows 
how how different differently the pandemic has affected so many different people for sure um, probably going to round things off then mm-hmm. regards to this topic, play a bit of music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening and you have been affected in any form of way by the pandemic and would like to share it, um, you can send a message into our WhatsApp, plus four four seven four one two six three four eight double seven. That's plus four four seven four one two six three four eight double seven. Just let us know your thoughts on topics that we're talking about um, throughout the episode. You can also send in shout outs as well if if you wish, whatever you want to talk about, but that's the number to text. Save it in your phone so it's easier as well, because then you can just text us every week. We yeah, want to hear from you guys. Masala. Love hot, love hot. Yeah, love hot, <laughs> love hot. If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns, joined here by Halima. I feel like you want me to say, what's up, guys? I mean, it's up to I you. I feel like that's the it's energy you wanted me to come, because apparently like my smooth radio voice just wasn't doing it for Carlos, so... You know what? Stop giving them airtime. This is Pi Radio, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just continue, continue. But I hope you're well. Um, if you don't already, make sure you go follow us on Instagram, at Mango Masala Radio. And also, you should WhatsApp us. Our number is as follows. It is plus four four seven four one two six three four eight double seven. Join in with the conversation. And yeah, you can be a part of what we're talking about. What we're going to talk about right now is the events in British politics, which obviously isn't the most interesting thing, but ultimately it matters. And things are all kicking off right now. So... Unless you've been living under a rock, but to be fair, Halima, you've basically been doing that. But Boris has been go- coming under a lot of um, strain due to a number of allegations of parties that were going on at Downing Street throughout the course mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Um, and he has, in on Wednesday, they had the PMQs. And during that, that was a particularly damaging um I still say episode. It's not an episode of PMQ. Do you know what I mean? What is a sesh session? <laughs> of of British politics. <laughs> this is real life, guys. But yeah, during the PMQs, um, I know one of his um, senior Tory backbenchers, I think it's David Davis, um, stood up and quoted some quote, which basically said, "You need to, you should resign." Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing was that earlier that day. Um, the MP for Bury South, actually, mm-hmm. so obviously relevant to Manchester, mm-hmm. um, Christian Wakeford, mm-hmm. he has actually defected from Labour mm-hmm. um, to, from uh, sorry, sorry, from the Conservative Party mm-hmm. to Labour. Yep. Um, and yeah, he walked in and went and sat right behind Keir Starmer. And <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit awkward. Um, I mean, for in terms of the drama, I'm I'm here for it, like you know what I mean, like. But for the Sanders episode, for the Sanders spin-off, I'm here. Yeah, for it. or Coronation Street because it's Barry, but yeah. Okay. But in terms of if we're gonna look at this, this guy, he ran in 2019 for office mm-hmm. um, to become an MP for Barry Self. Mm-hmm. He gained that seat in the Red Wall, so that was uh, it was a uh, um, Barry Self used to be Labour continuously, continuously, and he managed to turn it blue yep. um, as part of the 2019 elections. Um, God, I get shivers whenever I think about 2019. Sorry, yeah, guys. we do, we don't talk about 2019. We don't talk about 2019. <laughs> and he um, has oh, he's obviously campaigned with Tory values. Yep. He's since voted along with the Tories yep. on a number of. Um, bills mm-hmm. and um, important mm-hmm. votes mm-hmm. and now 
because he isn't a fan of how Boris is acting now, yeah. now, yeah, after, um, after um, two years deep into the pandemic, yeah, now he's, he's totally like, woke up and like, hold on, <laughs> hold on a minute, yeah, and now he's um, suddenly I am a labour MP now. I remember seeing this and I was just a bit like. No, but you, I mean, you can be, you you are now a Labour MP, but like surely your values couldn't have switched that's the like thing, that much. Right? That's, that's, the, that's the thing that's so techy about this because first and foremost, in theory, if we're looking at it, it shouldn't be the case, right? Mm. Like ideologically, the Conservatives and the Labour Party um, in within the spectrum of like the mainstream parties are on the opposite ends, right? Yeah. Or well, at least ideologically they should be it, it should not make sense for because i think the key detail here is the fact that um this this mp he has voted in like he's actually voted in line with tory um ideology right mm. um that is his politics that is his material politics that is that is a material effect of his of of his belief system right mm-hmm. th- th- this voting and the bills that have been passed subsequently so to now decide as a result of a government scandal that ideologically you're going to defect, that's, I think that's how we need to think about it. Mm. We need to think about it from an ideological standpoint because I feel... Okay, hang on, let me, let me get, this, get to this. So ideologically, it should not make sense. You cannot purport like Tory ideology and then just wake up one day and decide because the, you know, the current standing prime minister is... I'm beep 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 yeah. <laughs> that you know now suddenly you're you're gonna align yourself with the, the Labour Party however the fact that this was done the mm. fact that this was because I think we have to like the thing is is that you can't it's so it's so difficult to align a non-moving a fixed ideology to any one political party I feel like every political party has a different expression of its ideolo- ideologies based on the era the leadership you know in which it exists mm-hmm. right so Jeremy Corbyn's labor is absolutely not the same as Keir Starmer's labor like that's first of all we need to make that distinction so yeah. In theory, you can talk about ideology and I feel like a conversation does need to be had about that. But then in reality, when you think about it, it's not that surprising. Of course, he's got... Because he's not just defected to Labour. He's not, he's now not just, you know, aligning himself with left leftist ideology. He has specifically defected to Keir Starmer's Labour, mm. right? <laughs> and we know. Yeah. We know that man, okay? I believe that man. He's on Boris's payroll, man. I've been taking this again. This is not a, this is not been... a serious allegation, guys. No, it's guys. just a, it... it's just a saying. It's me expressing my deep, grave dissatisfaction yeah. with Keir Starmer yeah. and the fact that I personally, you know, as a historic Labour voter and supporter, do not understand what he is doing in there in leadership. Yeah. But he is there in leadership. He has attempted to move the party from, you know, from from the from being on more on the leftist side of the spectrum under Corbyn's leadership to now being left centre. So he's he's obviously more of a centrist. Um, and as a result of that, this particular expression of kind of the Labour Party has kind of facilitated, and it doesn't make as much um, it doesn't create as much confusion that, that a Tory MP can defect to Keir Starmer's labour. True, I suppose. But even then, like, I just... So do you think that this, if this was 
two years ago, for example, and say a similar, say, say, say Corbyn was still the Labour leader, yeah, and say there was uh, the same scandal happened. Do you think at that time he would have aligned himself enough with Labour, the standing Labour ideology, in order to defect to Corbyn's Labour Party? No, because that's right. what we saw, didn't we? Like two years exactly. ago, um, you had from both sides, people were leaving um, the Labour side and the Tory side. Mm-hmm. They weren't joining the Lib Dems. Exactly. They weren't They weren't joining either side. They created that independent, independent party. Right. From both. Exactly. But even then, yeah. I remember back then thinking, you guys are meant to like be, you might have, you, your ideology might fall somewhere in the spectrum, mm-hmm. but... When it comes down to the core values, mm-hmm. you guys are very different. How is that ever going to work? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with this. Even though we could argue, well, well we've seen that Keir Starmer's Labour is moving a lot more um, centrist, um, I still wouldn't have expected a Tory MP, if they were going to leave the Conservative Party... you think maybe they'd go to the Lib Dems ex- Exactly. kind of like missing Which, out the middleman. It, it shows not only that um, Christian Wakeford sees um, <laughs> Keir Starmer's Labour as a um, safe haven, shall we say, like as in a place where he can fit in, it also shows that right. this really isn't... In my opinion, I don't think this is about politics. I think it's about power. I think he's seeing that all the stuff that is happening to him to the Tory party currently with um, Boris and the Downing Street scandals, etc. And he's... It's It's the first time. I think we spoke about it last week. It's the first time that the Tories have been down in the polls and Labour Party has been up. Is uh, I hate this saying because, you know, I'm not a fan of them, but is rats um, fleeing a sinking ship? That is what it is. (laughs) Like, and... (laughs) The disdain on your face when you yeah, said that. Yeah, uh, we'll get we'll get on to pets later, but yeah, I, it, it, that's what it is. If yeah. if if Christian Wakeford was tr- his own skin. yeah, if he was truly um, thinking, I don't want to be part of the Conservative Party anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to remain in in as an MP, mm-hmm. but I don't find that my values move. Then I don't find that my values align with them anymore. The next thing to do would be to move to a, the next party that aligns most clearly with your yeah. values and if you're yeah. looking at the parties that are there available yeah. that would be the lib dems yeah. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for those that are currently there that are, they um, are more the relevant they are yeah. the centrists in the game right yeah it's literally the the right wing is the tories the centrists are the lib dems and the left wing are supposed to be labor yeah. but again i feel like for me i'm more just concerned at, out of all of this, as I said, as a historic Labour supporter and voter, my concern is more so just with the state of the Labour Party and the fact that Tory MP can defect just so readily mm. and, and, and feel as though their values are being are, have aligned with the current the standing Labour Party. Again, just yeah. goes to show like how much to the centre um, Keir Starmer has moved the Labour Party, which is kind of, like, I don't know, for me, it defeats the point of the Labour Party in general. Like They are supposed to be a left-wing party. Yeah. I mean, I can understand if coming in after seeing Jeremy Corbyn's defeat, being a bit like, right, um, people obviously aren't aligning with mega left policies oh, right now. This is our, oh. They are they aren't aligning with. It. If you wanted to actually, no, want to say when you're if on. you wanted to actually be yeah. like, okay, realistically, how am mm. I going to get an ease? What's mm. the most easy way to get yeah. voters back? Maybe move slightly more, but not to the extent that he has yeah. done. Yeah, you know, and, no, it is- I get, and I understood his tactic. I get, I get it, but I don't think he was. 
I don't even know if it was like a tactical thing for Keir Starmer. I think that's just that's really just his. He he, he to me he, to me he's a Tory. He's a Tory like dressed as a late Labour MP. That in my opinion, mm-hmm. and that's why I keep saying using the expression that he's on Boris's bankroll. In any case, I do want to just go off on a bit of a tangent on a on a recurring segment that I like to call "I miss you, Corbyn." <laughs> I miss you. No, we do, we do. <laughs> because you know what I saw this week on the news. This mm. is a tangent. I'm sorry. The 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 piloting a four day week. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Isn't the UK. Banks or something. Those, yeah. For yeah. those who are not aware, the UK is now piloting. You know, following the footsteps. I know Spain. Spain had done it. Did France do it? A number of countries in Western Europe have done it. Yeah, one country has actually brought it to place. I can't remember which one. Probably one of the Scandinavian ones. Ugh. I wish we were them. Oh, <laughs> you, re- you really want to go to Scandinavia with the snow and that, yeah? No, but yeah. I mean, their their political system is way better than ours. Like, they are what I would call socialism in practice. But that's a different thing anyway. So so the UK has now piloted a four-day um, four working week. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're trying to see you work for 80 percent of the time do you still give it you still need to give it 100 yeah. percent. yeah and already there have been preliminary reports about productivity going up mm. right so i mean i don't know for me this kind of feels like too good to be i mean <laughs> a, a four-day working week would be the dream i might even stop complaining about working if that was the case but for me i just i'm too, this country doesn't like to have good things it does not mm. like to have good things. However, there have obviously been a lot of common common comments and like commentators on this talking about how like a lot of people have come out in support of it. Since the UK has piloted it, a lot of people have come out in support of a four day week and they've been talking about how, you know, various conversations and discourses surrounding it. And you know what I have to say about this? Mm. Corbyn told you so. Yeah, it's Corbyn the same. Corbyn told you yeah. so, and you laughed him out of Parliament. It's the same you with the whole. Him out of Parliament. Um, what's it called? Everyone gets wife. Yeah, free broadband, and now they're saying, "Oh, we should have done that for the pandemic." Well, it's like, whoa. Everything that that man has said, everything that man has said, this the that now the government are pre are repackaging as as though it's their idea, and it wasn't. It was Corbyn's, and those of us who know, we know, we will never forget. It's not a joke to me. I miss you. I miss Corbyn. I wish you were still here. Nah, guys, I'm getting a bit hysterical. Yeah. But honestly, every time I see stuff like this happening in the news and it's going to keep happening, I think I just, it, everyone owes him a big, massive apology. It, it's also the fact, if we go back to Christian Wakeford, the fact that Keir Starmer came out and said um, he is welcome in my Labour Party. But he's come right. out before and said that Jeremy Corbyn he isn't. He can't stand. Yeah, another thing. Another thing about Corbyn. Why can he not stand? Yeah. Why can he not stand? How can an MP go? And this is what I was thinking, actually, when I heard the news. Is there not a re-election process? There's me- Normally it would be a by-election, but I think they're currently looking into whether there will be one needed, but they're saying that there won't be. I don't understand why. But why? Yeah, I don't, I don't but know. why, if Christian Wakeford can go from, from voting alongside Tory policy and Tory ideology and being a Tory, if he can do that to now to becoming a, a late standing as a Labour MP without mm-hmm. any any by-elections or any kind of like um, re-election protocol or process at all, I want Jeremy Corbyn back. 
This is, if this, you can have Christian Wakeford, I want Jeremy Corbyn. This is the thing as well, is that obviously we said that he's voted, uh, Christian Wakeford has voted in line with Tory principles. Just a few months ago, I saw this on Twitter, Christian Wakeford actually was part of the vote and he voted for taking away the rights of unaccompanied children, That's fleeing it. war and terror to join a family member living here legally in the UK. That's it. Like, I'm just... Labour MP, yeah? Yeah. Yet, yet he is welcome in that. I don't know. I, this is, my personal opinion is I just... I don't... I don't bat. And I think... For Christian Waitford, I I don't know. I think maybe the right thing would have been to have, to have the by election again. Yeah. Like. It's just a so, it's just a very 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 like damning. It's a it's, it's a very like obvious indictment of just UK politics and and how much of it is just tactical game playing. Right. There is yeah. no political ideological integrity to any of our political parties to any of of the political machinations in this country people just go as you said before where they think they're going to be safe mm-hmm. you know it is about power it's not i don't think it is to do with ideology it's not yeah i've just realized the time we're gonna have to cut to music now but i think you get our sentiments on this yeah. topic you're gonna play the latest Love from ralph sapira <laughs> simplicity. We're coming to the end of today's episode of Mango Masala. My name is Gerns. I'm joined here by Halima. What's up, guys? Told you, bring the energy. Stand <laughs> next to your microphone. I... Oh, I'll keep getting told off for this mic. Yeah. There, is that better? That's better. There That's definitely a lot go. better. We've only got like a few minutes left. I wanted to talk about pets. Let me just get into why I wanted to talk about this. Right. Oh, so basically, um, my my girlfriend now fiance, um, his family. Um, got a dog last year in April, so that's crazy. It's coming up to a year oh, wow. now. Um, and her mum has been doing a few kitties over the past few days, so like they've been um, like obviously needing the house. And a few of her friends don't um, like dogs, basically. So, <laughs> so the dog has come to live with um, us. Oh, cute. And no, it's, it has been really nice. And the thing is, as well. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I'm someone. I'm first of all, I'm allergic to like dogs, cats, all that, um, and I've always kind of just not really minded that much. Uh-huh. But spending time with this particular dog, shout out Nala if you're listening. <laughs> I just no, oh, it's really nice, and you still have to do the gross stuff like picking up their business and all that, and it's a lot to do. But it just got me thinking. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I wanted to know from you as well. Your family are cat people, right? Well, 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 well. We have a very typical, like, ethnic family story where... My sister, think I think she wanted a cat for a while, and my mom is so disgusted by animals that I remember the first time I... Um, that she, my mom is so disgusted and, like like just so dramatic about animals to the point where my sister despite how much she wanted it would never even suggest it the first time she suggested it my mum dry heaved <laughs> for dramatic effect <laughs> you know like this in mum so she just started gagging on the spot and she went no I'll I like over my dead body I'll leave the house all of that stuff um, and my sister ended up getting the cat anyway so we got our cat is called Ori um, and we got him 
uh, Ori because he matches like our home name. So it's like Ushi, Orpa, Orni, Urbi, Orni, Ori. This is all making sense now because, you know, when you see the screenshots of your WhatsApp, I see all those like O names. And I'm just oh, like, wait, wait yeah. what, what is this? Yeah, like? that's our home name. So his yeah. government name is Hakim. Halima, Humna, Hadika, Hamera, Hakim. Yeah. Bengalis, we love to rhyme names. So, <laughs> so we got we got Ori like la, last year. About it's been over a year, like November la, 2020. Um, oh, okay. And and it's a very very typical story where my mom, who didn't want him, now loves him. Yep. Like, she came back from Bangladesh. Was it yesterday or the day before? Like she was there for about a month. Um, and literally like she like was so happy to see Ori and Ori was actually he's because my mom is the one who she's always in the house mm. so even though it's my sister's cat and my, all my sisters like look after him and stuff like that my mom is always the one that's at home so she's always the one that looks after him the most so they have a very special attachment and <clears throat> when she was gone he was depressed uh. he was depressed you could see it in him even when his mom came back so my sister his mom when she came back, because she came back, she went as well, and she came back like two weeks before my mom. She, he was still depressed, and we figured it's my mom. He mm-hmm. wants my mom, but very, very typical. Me, I'm the only person in that house who's not obsessed with that cat, and my sisters think I'm a terrible person because of it. So you're not a pet person, then? I'm. I, I can't lie. No, I'm not. They think I'm weird. They think <laughs> there's something wrong with me. Is this the thing? I'm not that bothered. Like, I'm, I'm really. a baby's person. I love babies. Mm. I think that's another thing as well like part of thinking about pets and that a lot of people get pets as sort of a way to ease into the thought of having kids but I don't know if that's I don't know if that's necessarily fair on the pet because then Mm. it's like when the baby does come along yeah Mm. so I think I think if you're going to do that you should have him you should have the pet for a while and then have kids don't have like puppies when you've got when you've got like babies because the baby inevitably and as it should be, we'll, we'll get the get the, yeah. well. Yeah, they should get priority, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, don't not not, encur- not encouraging people to neglect their children here. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, maybe it's not really fair on the dog to really get yeah. one or any pet, yeah, really. No, I agree. But that's that's like in my my sister is like the craziest cat mom. She's one of those. She has an Instagram account for her cat. She buys mm. him costumes. My mum came back yesterday and she was giving out all the clothes that she bought from us from Bangladesh. And my sister went, where's Ori's? Where's Ori's oh. clothes? Like everything, what about Ori? I remember this was like during the height of the pandemic last year where my mum my took a few months to warm up to him, right? Now mm. she loves him. It did take her a few months. I remember one day I walked into my sister's room. She's 23 years old, by the way. I walked into my sister's room one day during the height of the pandemic. Her suitcase was out. I'm saying, I ask her, what, why, where are you going? She went, I'm going to a shelter for mothers and children because no one respects my son in this house. I'm taking him. That's how, re- that's how ridiculous and deluded she is. So, uh, yeah. Right. We're going to have to sign off now, guys. Guys. Not gay, oh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys. Yeah. Yeah. 